Good evening, church. Yeah. Um, even as we prepare to, to begin our service, let's just spend some time in quieting our hearts and you know, um, reflecting on, on the week that has passed, reflecting on you know, thanksgivings, joys, pains. And I just want to spend this time to you know, really center us back on God, like center us back on what it is that our faith is about, to center us back on why it is that, what is the life that He has called us to and why it is that we can, we can rejoice in Him, rejoice in our God.
your life upon that cross. Great is the love poured out for all. This is our God. Yes, Lord. Lifted on high from death to Good evening, brothers and sisters. We have come together as a family of God in our Father's holy presence to offer Him praise and thanksgiving and to hear and receive His holy word and to bring before Him the needs of the world and to ask His forgiveness of our sin and to seek His grace that through His Son, Jesus Christ, we may give ourselves to His service. As we prepare to come into God's holy presence, let us quieten our hearts before Him. As the scripture says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You may sit or new. Let's spend some moment before God. Brothers and sisters, let us confess our sins to the Almighty God. Together, Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our fellow men, in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. And so church, let's receive the forgiveness that comes from the Almighty God. Almighty God who forgives all who truly repent, may he have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. May he keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Shall we stand as we begin a time of worship? As I was preparing for uh, this worship set this last week, you know, I was just looking through all the things that have happened in the world with earthquakes, with, you know, various um, pandemics and diseases around. I'm just, I was brought to um, this passage in Revelation 12. Revelation 12 verse 10 says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. 
and they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they love not their lives even unto death therefore rejoice O heavens and you who dwell in them but woe to you O earth and sea for the devil has come down to you in great wrath because he knows his time is short and so even as we gather here for you know a time of worship and we think about the things that are going around in the world we think about right um yeah all, all that's been happening you know let's just remind ourselves that that this is a time where where we, we still can rejoice in the name of our lord we can still rejoice in the name of the one who has conquered over all the one who has yeah the, the, the one who has you know set apart and and blessed us for for his service and the one who whose name is glorified all through the earth yeah so let's just come together for a time of praise and worship
Blessed be your name. Church, let's sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Lord, yes, Lord, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, even as all the things are going on in the world, even as the world is worried about this and worried about that, we just want to look out, lift our eyes to you, we want to lift our eyes to you, we want to worship you for who you are, we want to trust that, that you are sovereign over all. Sing and honor, glory. 
Lord. We enthrone you. We enthrone you for your king. Your king of our lives. Your king of our nation. Your king of this world. Your sovereign. Your sovereign over all. We just want to lift our lives to you, lift our hearts. Just remain in this posture of worship, even as even as we sing this next song. Let's just take this as a cry of our hearts to want to seek you. A cry of our hearts to align our lives to you, to abide in you, to walk with you day by day so that we might stand as a community that glorifies you, stand as a, a community of, of people who, who love and stand as a community of people who worship a God who loves and who are just so filled with the power of God, so filled with the love of, of God and that shines out, that shines out to, to those around us, shines out to this, this nation. Yes, Lord. Before creation, eternity in your hand, you spoke the earth into motion, my soul now to stand. stood before my failure and carried the cross for my shame So what can I say? 
can we say what can we do Lord, we offer our lives completely to you, Lord. We just we want to pray that even as we gather here, that, that you draw our hearts together, you draw our hearts to look to you. In the midst of all things, that we might stand firm in the hope that, in the hope that you have declared for us, stand firm in your promises. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey Church, here's something really exciting that we want to update you on and invite you to come and run alongside us. On the 16th, 17th and 18th of March this year, we will once again be running Youth Alpha. And this year, our theme is Larger Than Life. We're going to be inviting AHS students, friends of our youths to come and experience the love of God that we hope will appear as something more real, more exciting, more fulfilling than anything they can experience in their life today and therefore something that is larger than life. Through games, through group discussions and through good food, we want to invite them to ponder the question, is there more to life? than this. And we're really excited as to what God is doing this year because we have had over 100 students leave their names with us and take a consent form home to ask for their parents' permission to come for Alpha this year. And as of today, the 17th of February, over 25 consent forms have already been submitted. And for us as a youth ministry, we started the year with Psalm 126 on our hearts. And you know, scholars situate this psalm as one that was written after, just after the days of Nehemiah, when the walls were rebuilt. And that spoke right to us because we felt that last year was a year where God was rebuilding our walls. And right in the middle of this psalm, in verse 4, lies these words, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. And this was a recognition from the psalmist that while the walls were rebuilt, God was not done. And it was a bold prayer to desire that God continue to do his work of restoration. That that phrase, streams of Negev, is significant because the Negev is a desert river that is dry for like 90% of the year. But once a year, God restores that river like a flash flood. And so it was a bold prayer asking for God to restore quickly and to restore for overflowing. And you know, as the youth heard it at the start of the year, they were challenged, they resonated with that, they, and they actually took, we symbolically asked them to take an empty chair and place it in Emmanuel Hall to represent the person, the people that they are willing to journey with this year as we make that space for the people that God is going to bring in. And then after that, the psalm continues with this, that those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. And you know, we know that it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard work. But we trust that as we sow in God's time, we will reap with joy, we will reap the rewards that He desires of us. And we really want to be serving as one body of Christ. So we want to invite you, if you are free, if you are available, on the 16th, 17th and 18th of March to come and sow alongside us. You can help us in any way from logistics to group facilitation to being station masters for games or simply to come alongside and say, I want to pray alongside you or I want to support you in any other way. We would love to invite you and have you come and sow along with us as one church. So you can get in touch with me if you want to help, 9455-8450, 9455-8450 to come and partner with us as we move together in this exciting time for all saints. Yeah, one more. Okay, I have one more announcement. 
Okay, um, and that's the Bimbel mission trip. And we are still looking for people uh, to join this trip. It is going to be on the 30th of March to the 2nd of April. And if you are interested or are contemplating, wait no more. Sign up, okay, with our brother Chin and let him know that you are interested in going for the trip, okay? And uh, I want to hand this time over to our brother Kaut for uh, intercession. Good evening, church. Good evening. Um, lifestyle of evangelism, culture of discipleship. I just want to just show an example. This friend of mine who's new here, he and his business partner want to meet me. I said, you can. Friday, cannot. Saturday, 5 p.m., <laughs> 600 Upper Changi Road. So they decided to come. So we've got another visitor who's going to be a little bit late. But we'll try to get, back, get them back next Saturday as well. So opportunities to evangelize every moment, guys. Um, as Christians, we pray and ask God, I want this, I want that. As Christians, we pray to God, thank you for this and thank you for that. But as Christians, we also pray for other people. And that's called intercession prayer. So let's bow our heads and pray for those who really need our prayers right now. Oh God, oh Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you for everything. You are the creator and preserver of all mankind. We pray for men of every race, from Singaporeans to Indonesians to Malaysians to Kazakhstans. Every race and in every kind of need. Make your ways known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Heavenly Father, we specifically pray 27, maybe even 30,000 people have lost their lives in the terrible earthquakes, the natural disasters in Turkey and in Syria. Father, our hearts cry out for them. Have mercy on those who have passed and minister to those who are still there, Lord. Show them favor. Protect them from further damages, Father. And we pray that during this most difficult time, people will turn to you so that they know that the only way is to talk and have a personal relationship with you. Father, we just pray for those that are really, really badly hurt. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer, Father. Heavenly Father, we pray for the church throughout the world. Yes, those who believe in you already. Govern us by your Holy Spirit that all who call themselves Christians may be led in the way of truth and hold the faith in unity. And Father, we don't see a lot of unity these days. So we pray that you will stir our hearts to be in unity of spirit, in the bonds of peace and in the righteousness of life. Father, we pray for the church leaders here, for our pastoral team, for our pastors, for their families, Father. We pray for our cell group leaders. Father, we pray for our worship leaders, our ministry leaders, our bimbo leaders. Father, we pray for the school that we're in. We pray for our Chinese congregation, brothers and sisters, church leaders. And Father, we pray for the bishop and the leaders of the diocese and all the deaneries. Father, we just pray that you'll continue to instruct them on your ways. Instruct them on your plans so that we are fully aligned to what you want to do. Because our plans don't matter. It's your plans. It's easy to believe, 
but it's more difficult to be obedient. So, Father, steer us and protect us, protect our church leaders, families, Father, because as we do work with you, sometimes the enemy would like to take a shot at us. So, Father, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we commend to your fatherly goodness all who are anxious and distressed in body or mind. Comfort and relieve them in their need. Give them patience in their sufferings. And bring out good from their troubles. Oh God, we just take this moment to raise up Auntie Elizabeth. She's in the hospital right now. Really, breath to breath, Lord. We just pray that you minister to her heart. Give her that comfort and that sense of peace that can only come from our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, surround her with the love, with her family members, Lord, and we just really raise her up to you. Yes, we pray for a miracle, but the miracle is always in relationship with you. And Father, we just pray as she is really being cared by the hospital staff for wisdom on the church staff, the doctors, Lord, show favor Lord, to the Teal family. Uh, we have Kayleen and her children here. Maxine. Yeah, even Naomi, Lord. They're all really wrestling with this time to care. So we just really raise her up to you. And we just ask for your favor for Auntie Elizabeth. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Shall we stand as we have, have the time of our tree? upon the one who bled to save me and walk with him for all eternity there will be a day when all will bow before him there will be a day when death will be no He who died and rose again Holy, holy 
Please be seated. Let's go cherry. Taken from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 to 17. Who is going to harm you if you are going... Sorry. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good. But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revel Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who also, who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your God, your good behavior in Christ, may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. But Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This is the word of God. Good afternoon, everyone. I thought I will not stand there but stand here so that I can be nearer to you because you guys look so very far away from me. Trust all of you are doing well this afternoon. Let us look to the Lord to help us as we begin this afternoon. Father God, we come before you today and we thank you for the wonderful weather that you have been given to us in Singapore. We want to thank you for many exciting things that is happening here in our church. We thank you for the youth ministry that is reaching out to more people through the Youth Alpha. We pray for your blessing upon the Youth Alpha. 
And we thank you for the opportunity that we can partner in mission as we plan this trip to Bandung to visit our mission station. So as we look into the passage today, may you, Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, we continue with our sermon series on the five attributes. We talked about humility last week, last month. And this month, we are on the second attribute, gentleness. And today, we are on weaknessing with gentleness, that we are to witness to one another in gentleness. The passage before us today, as read by Steph, is a very interesting one. As I mentioned previously in the last sermon, that First Peter was written to the suffering church. That means to a church that is being persecuted and was suffering because of their faith in Christ Jesus. So you can imagine, the suffering church must have faced many, many persecution, many accusation. People will come to them, look at them in a certain way and accuse them of many things. And, and we all know that when we are suffering or face challenges of any kind, our conduct, our speech and our behaviour become a challenge for us. We behave in such a way that um, sometimes we become very awkward and we, we, we may regret our behaviour and our conduct after that. And we say, oh, we shouldn't have done that. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said in such a manner. You know, as I think about First Peter, First Peter was written by the Apostle Peter. And we all know through the Gospel that Peter... Apostle was a very impulsive man. He will be the first one to, to raise her, his hand for anything, to do anything. And he was quite impulsive. And he even denied Jesus three times. But now, come to this passage as we have just heard it read, that he talked about gentleness. So he, God has brought about such a change in his life that he could talk to the suffering church to be gentle. That we are to portray Christ's character to people around us in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of their suffering, and in the midst of their persecution. And not to forget to continue to be a witness for the Lord. That was what Peter was trying to tell his readers when he wrote this First Peter, the epistle of First Peter. So, it is as if to talk about a wounded healer. You are wounded, yet at the same time, you want to reach out to those who are wounded the best we can. And, and we have heard quite a bit in the last um, few weeks about gentleness. Pastor Ellen shared with us uh, how we should welcome one another in gentleness, especially those who have fallen or those who have left church and come back, how to receive them with gentleness, how to welcome them in gentleness, how to restore them 
to the community of faith with gentleness. And Pastor Darren last week talked about um, caring for one another with gentleness, using our words. So we, we, we have learned that. And so what exactly is gentleness? What exactly is gentleness? When you think about the word gentle, when you think about being gentle, what comes to your mind? I'm sure there are a lot of things that come to your mind. Hmm. We all know this very famous word, famous verse about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit that Paul talked about in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we all know that all these aspects of the fruit of the Spirit takes time to cultivate, takes time, takes effort on our part to exercise so that we can become better in exercising them. I, I remember when I think of this gen, word gentleness, I remember many years ago when I first became a Christian and I was in a Bible study with uh, a group of ladies and we came across this verse and we came across this um, aspect on gentleness and we, we, we laugh at each other because we were teasing each other how, how not gentle we were we were talking very loudly we were talking we, are, we were behaving very roughly and we were trying to imagine how gentleness should be should we sit in a certain way, cross our leg when we, when we sit, to hold our teacups in a certain way, you know? Or what? Or when we laugh, we should close our mouth when we laugh and, and, and laugh not so loudly. Is that gentleness? I'm, sh I'm not sure whether you have thought about gentleness that way, but I have. So when, when you ask me to talk about gentleness, I remember that Bible study when we were just teasing each other. So what is gentleness? Is gentleness about a specific way of talking or behaving in a certain manner? Okay, you can try to do that at home. Be gentle in what you do. What, the, what does the dictionary say? The dictionary says this. The Cambridge Dictionary says this. That it is a quality. It is a quality of being calm, being kind, and not violent. We all know that, huh? Not violent. That is being gentle. And we have the tendency to react harshly and roughly or sometimes in an impulsive manner. Our human nature comes out, huh? And maybe it is part of our personality or... Um, human nature. Some of us are like that. We talk to people, we must always hit them. I tell you, are you, is that being violent? Sometimes people think that we are being violent that way. We are not being calm. We are not being kind. Um, okay, I'm sure you have come across those people in your interaction. We all know that these qualities, the qualities that is in the fruit of the Spirit, takes time to develop. Being calm, being, 
gentle, being kind, and not violent, take time to develop. We all know that. And sometimes, and, and it takes time to develop. And it says here that it is fruit of the Holy Spirit. Fruit of the Holy Spirit means what? The Holy Spirit will grant us the ability to express that in our lives with the help of the Holy Spirit, not on our own. So that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Then some people, I'm not sure, some people reckon and feel that being gentle is being weak. Have you heard that before? Being gentle is being weak. You don't be so gentle. You, people will listen to you. I came across this quotation that is quite interesting. It says this, Nothing is as strong as gentleness, as not, and, not, and nothing is as gentle as real strength. Let me say, let me, let us read again. Nothing is as strong as gentleness, nothing so gentle as real strength. What does it mean? It will mean that I believe that being gentle is not to be seen as being weak. Rather, gentleness is a quality that is to be cultivated. It is a kind of inner strength and it is expressed throughout everyday life as well as in our relationship with one another. Our topic today in First Peter is about, Peter was talking to, to the people, to his readers about witnessing in gentleness. And this particular um, commentator, Warren Westby, has this to say in his commentary. He said this. He said, this weakness, okay, this weakness, that means witnessing to one another, must be given with meekness and fear and respect, and not with arrogance and a know-it-all attitude. We are witnesses not prosecuting attorney. We, we must also be sure that our lives back up our defense. Peter did not suggest that Christians argue with lost people, but rather that we present to the unsafe an account of what we believe and why we believe it in a loving manner. The purpose is not to win an argument, but to win lost souls to Christ. That's the idea of witnessing with gentleness. It's a it should be a lifestyle. Simply put, we are to be calm, kind, and not violent in our weaknessing. In our weakness, not to not to point out the wrong and misconception or mis understanding of our faith until we turn uh, until we turn red in our face but rather to be gentle we are to be able to to talk about our faith with gentleness and with conviction and to gently share the truth we are all called to be disciples of Christ being a witness for Christ and being a witness for Christ is a command given by Jesus before he ascended into heaven. In Acts 1 8, it says this. We are familiar with this verse. Jesus said this to his disciples. 
He said, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, this means that the Holy Spirit will grant us the ability, the power to become God's witnesses. We do not need to do this on our own strength. We can partner with the Holy Spirit. We can pray and say, Holy Spirit, help me to talk to this person about Jesus. We need to, we need to partner with the Spirit of God to become witnesses for Jesus. And we read all about this in Acts chapter 8, verse 1 and 4, about how the disciples actually went about when the persecution came. Okay, and there arose the day, a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, the headquarters. Huh? And then they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. So, Acts 8.1 is actually the fulfillment of Acts 1.8. Because they are supposed to go out and be witnesses for God. And then verse 4, in Acts 8.4, it says, And those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Similarly, as God's witnesses, we are to be witnesses for God everywhere we go. Anytime, any place that we are positioned, that God positioned us. Be at workplaces, be in school, marketplaces, locally or overseas. It doesn't mean that you are a Christian in Singapore. You travel to, let's say, you travel to the States or travel to Australia, you stop being a Christian. No. We are to be God witnesses everywhere we go. Locally or overseas, in homeland or other places. So what does it mean to be a witness? A witness. It means that it is one who gives evidence in a cause or, be, or before a judicial tribunal. That means in a court. You testify. One that asks to be present at the transaction so as to be able to testify to its having taken place. And one who has personal knowledge of something. One who is serving as evidence or proof. And then, a public affirmation by word or example, usually religious faith or conviction. So we have it there. What it meant, what does it mean to be a witness? We all know that in the court of law, a witness plays the important part of telling first-hand experience of what he or she has seen or what he or she has experienced. A first-hand experience, a first-hand encounter. And as Christians, as disciples of Christ, we have to give our first-hand experience about our relationship with God. So similarly, we are to do what we can. We are supposed to do what? Just that. To testify. To share with our family members, with our friends, 
everywhere about why we are a Christian. If somebody asks you, why are you a Christian? If you ask Carl, I'm sure he, he can give you an answer right away. If, if someone come up to you and say, hey, you come to my shop ah, so, so many times, I realize that you're quite different. Why are you different? What would you say? Oh, yeah, I'm just different now. Or would you say, oh, I'm different because I'm a Christian. I remember many years ago, I was working for this um, general manager. I was a secretary to him. And I resigned because I wanted to go overseas and study. So I wanted to go overseas to do my theological studies. And he was very, very upset with me. He says, Mabel, what have I done wrong? Have I treated you badly that you have to resign and go and study um, the Bible? Then I said, no, there's nothing wrong with you. Then he said this. He says, you know, I have everything I need. I have a good job. I have a wonderful wife. I got a son that is intelligent. I have a nice place to stay in. But I'm not happy. Why are you so happy resigning and going to study? I looked at him and I said, you know, I think you need God in your life. He was quite upset with me for saying that. And he told me, Mabel, you know the door is there. i see you later. Oh, but two years later, when I came back, I have the opportunity to chit-chat with him. And the next call that I received from him was, hey, I'm getting baptized this Christmas. So that was my wonderful Christmas gift that year. So it, it is very interesting when you, when you dare to stand up for Christ as a witness. So in the passage in 1 Peter 3, Peter shared about the posture of being a witness as well. He said this, he says, But in your heart, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. So first of all, Peter was saying that we need to honor Christ as holy in our hearts. It is when we, we acknowledge the holiness of Christ, of God in our lives, that we would seek to honor and glorify His name in whatever that we do and in how, however that we do. In what we say and what we do, we will want to honour the Lord our God when we honour Him as holy in our hearts. Living a life that is worthy of God's calling certainly means honouring God, honouring Christ, honouring Christ as holy in our hearts. Then the second thing that Peter said in this passage is that 
we are to be ready to defend our faith. We are be, to be ready to, to give a defense of our faith. People may ask you, why are you always so confident? Why are you always full of joy? You're not upset ah, that this person say this to you. You are not upset. Why are you not upset? Do you have a word for that season? Can you talk about your own life? Can you share about what Jesus means to you? That is why you are so confident. That is why you are so calm. That is why you are so different. So we are different. And whenever we are asked, we are supposed to stand up for Jesus. We sing the song, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Do you really mean it? Do we really mean it? So we are asked to be prepared to make a defense for our faith. We are to defend our hope and our faith in Christ. Paul the Apostle told his disciple this. Timothy, he said this. Preach the word. Be in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort. And as for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. This means that we are to seize every opportunity to share the gospel message to whoever who would listen, pointing them to Jesus. You and I may not be called to be that kind of evangelist uh, that, that have a um, gospel rally and then give a message and give an altar call and hundreds of people come. We may not be that kind of evangelist. We may not be called to be that kind of evangelist. But whenever you can, like Paul was telling Timothy, Whenever you can, do the work of an evangelist. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. What's the ministry? The task of being a witness for the Lord. That's for us. If your friends want to share, to receive, want to, want to know more about Christ, you always have the Alpha course that you can invite to, invite them to. Or you can invite them to church. You can invite them to church and introduce them to Pastor Darren. I'm sure he'll be very happy to share the gospel with your friend. Or, or invite them to your cell group. Then in verse 16, Peter talked about having a good conscience. In other words, our behavior, such as being good examples, is important because it's part of our witnesses as Christians. We all, we all learn from the Beatitudes. We have heard this many times, that we are called to be salt of the earth and light of the world. And we are, that our light has to be so shine before God, before men, that they give glory to God in heaven. Our good works, our things that we do from our heart, living a life that is worthy, should catch the attention of our friends. And, and they may say behind you, they may not say in front of you, hey, these people, this person is a bit different. Huh? I heard he's a Christian, you know. Hey, Christian is quite different, huh? So they, they will notice. 
we all know that we are, as Christians, we are being watched all the time. When we do something wrong, uh, it's not that person do something wrong. It's, hey, that Christian, uh, why that Christian say such thing? Uh? Why that Christian behave such a way? So, when we, people know that we are Christians, they, they will watch us, our behavior. And Paul said to the Corinthian Christian, he said this, he said, but thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphant procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So we, we should not smell, we, among those who are perishing, we should not smell fishy. When you say somebody is fishy, we all know what it means. Huh? Not up to any good. But we have to be that fragrance, that aroma. We have to carry the fragrance of God with us wherever we go. And as a witness, we know that we are also called to be God's ambassadors. And we all know that being an ambassador is to represent the country the ambassador is from. You and I belong to the kingdom of God with Christ as our king. So, being citizens of the kingdom of God, you are ambassador for which kingdom? You are ambassador for God's kingdom. And we are to represent Christ's kingdom to the rest of the world. That's you and me. That's one of our calling to be Christ's ambassador. Paul said this to the Corinthian Christians as well. And that is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, but entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making this appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So as ambassador, we are pointing people to the kingdom of God to be reconciled to God. We all know that it is God's will for everyone to be reconciled to Him and to spend eternity with Him in His kingdom. Therefore, we are to fulfill our call as God's witnesses and God's ambassadors here on earth. Of course, we need to be practical and we need to be authentic in our approach. So being practical and authentic is needful. I would like to share with you some practical tips on how we can be witnesses. First, we know, first we all need to know how to present the gospel. Over the years, many has, um, there are some methods that um, people have developed and the first one is um, the four spiritual laws. This was developed by the Campus Crusade for Christ. This was put together by the founder of Campus Crusade, Bill Bright, back in 1959. 
you just have to run through the booklet with, with whoever that is exploring whenever you have a chance. And at the end of the booklet, there's a prayer where the person can receive Jesus into his or her heart. This is the fourth spiritual law. Then the second one, which I like to use, is called the bridge illustration that was developed by the navigators whose founder was um, Dawson Trotman. The aim of navigators is to make is to know Christ and to make Christ known and to help others to do the same. So the bridge illustration, and all you need is a piece of paper and a pen. And then you can draw the bridge illustration with some verses and presenting the gospel. You can actually Google this tool at the Google in the internet and you will find them. In your cell group, um, you'll be given the links to find these two tools. And of course, there is a third way that you can do, and you can do it with your handphone, and that is download this app called godtoolsapp.com. And in this app, there is a four spiritual law, and they will tell you how to use it. And you will tell you some tips where you can share the gospel. So this, this, these are the three ways that you can do to share the gospel. And then... For more information, in your cell, you will have a chance to practice on one another. Then secondly, other than knowing how to share the gospel, you need to get your conversion testimony ready in your mind, in your heart. Memorize it. And you are to write them down. I, I suggest that you write your conversion testimony down. It should not take long, three to five minutes. And then, you have this BMW, before Christ, and meeting Christ, and walking with Christ. So, you have one minute, one minute, one minute to talk about all this. Talk about before Christ, meeting Christ, and walking with Christ. This is important because no one can fault your testimony. They cannot say, hey, Kathleen, you, you, tell, you tell lies. No, because it's her testimony. I cannot say that she's wrong. So, it is a way of talking about what Jesus has done in our lives. Then you can share an answered prayer. Someone may come with you with a problem and you can say, Oh, when I was like this, I prayed and this is how God answered my prayer. Or you can share it. You know, I was looking for my passport maybe. Urgent, I need to leave the house in 10 minutes and I prayed. And this place, this, this drawer that's in my house came to my mind. I went to look for it and it, my passport was there. Thank God. Something like that. You can share your answered prayer. And you can offer to pray for them whenever you can, whenever there's an opportunity. They may come to you with a problem, a work problem. And you can say, hey, let's pray and ask God to help us. Pray. So whatever it is, or you can invite them to the cell group, to the church, or to the Alpha course. So these are some practical tips that we can have to share the gospel, to be witnesses, to be God's ambassador, pointing them to Jesus. And just now, 
Kyle has mentioned about our church mission and vision statement, let's remind ourselves once again that our vision and mission statement is to develop a lifestyle of evangelism and a culture of discipleship. As part of this church, we are to be part of this. We are to play our part in fulfilling our call to be God's witnesses, God's ambassadors with gentleness and with respect. Let us pray. Father, thank you for reminding us our call that you have called us to be your witnesses in this world, to be that salt and light that make a difference in wherever you place us, wherever that you position us. And Lord, you have also called us to be your ambassador, reconciling, encouraging others, encouraging others to be reconciled to their creator and pointing them to the kingdom of God where we represent. And we thank you, Lord, that we do not need to do this on our strength. You have given us the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do this for you. Help us, we pray. Help us open our hearts, open our eyes to know that people need the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. So let's sit back and I'd like to play this song instead of having it sung. People need the Lord. I can see in their eyes Empty people filled with care Headed who On they go through private
church people do need the lord and if you look around our service this evening you'll find that there's many empty spaces spaces for us to go out to fill these uh, benches so that uh, the glory of the lord may be seen you know and truly as we listen to this timely message to remind ourselves that uh, people do need the lord and it's our calling to go forth to do this i'm very quite excited to know that you know 516 is really growing as you have heard uh, what joseph has shared that uh, we, have, we are doing the Youth Alpha another round, and this time we have 80 people from the sec ones who indicated that they want to come, and already 30, up, he mentioned 25 in the video, huh? but uh, up to date, I heard Joseph telling me we had now about 31 youth signing up. So truly, it's amazing that God is doing something in our midst, and if we don't do something about it, you know, the youth is going to grow, we are not growing, there's going to be a misbalance. Pretty soon you'll find that the youth will have to overtake this place and we have to go up to Pao Salong. All right? So I think, church, let's really heed the call. I myself am excited. I'm reaching out to one of the youth, uh, one of the primal that I've been trying to reach out for ever since I came here. And, and today I'm quite happy to know that he has come to 516. All right? So, church, let's really play our part to fulfill the gospel and to, to, to really fill this church with people. So let's close as we are reminded of this word. And so, Father, as we are reminded today that truly people need the Lord and that our calling is really to go forth, to share, to be a witness 
in every opportunity that we come across to witness gently, to bring forth the gospel message. And so, Father, we pray that this will be our call, this will be our challenge, that when we come to face-to-face with the people, the opportunity that comes, we will not be afraid, but to be boldly just to share our testimony with these people. Yes, we know that the work is done by you, Holy Spirit, but the work of sharing is done by us. So may we be bold, may we not be afraid, may we take this opportunity wherever it comes to bring forth your message. And so as we depart from this place, we pray for your blessing. And so may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and remain with each and every one of us now and forever. Amen. Shall we stand as we end the service with a closing song?
blessed among us, even as we go forth, we pray that you just provide for us and you keep us and, and that, you, that you anoint us with the power it is to be your witnesses, Lord. Yes, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please always end here.